<clears throat> yeah. Back on this podcast, motherfuckers. Been a while since I did this kind of shit. Uh, first thing we gotta do is get the fuck off this platform, because this platform ain't doing shit for me. Uh, sometimes the writing thing, as great as it is, it gets a little bit old. Not old, but it's just, it's a lot of work, and I understand shit's not, uh, shit that's worth it is never easy. Um, but in this podcast, I'm a little bit rusty. I'm over here talking, stuttering over my words and shit. Uh, we'll talk about football. That seems to be the talk of the town, as it should be for all football fans. What we saw this weekend, what we can expect going forward, how I'm going to spend the weekend with your mother. Um... Giants fans, Cowboys fans, the Eagles fans, relentless, annoying the fuck out of all of us. Uh, we'll talk about what they can expect, as well as what other teams can expect. Uh, all of this and so much more from me sitting in a random fucking parking lot. Let's go, boys. See, the problem is, the problem is before we even go into any, well, actually, no, we are going into some. We are going into it, so I don't know what the fuck that's for. Uh, the problem is, as we go into this, we have the uh, nut early syndrome. Uh, I'm sure all of you know what the fuck that is. But this one's not in a bedroom. This one's on a football field. We all tend to do it. Uh, it happens in the beginning of the season when a team goes on a three-game winning streak to kickstart the season. And everybody's ready to plan their Super Bowl parties, buy their overpriced chips and their fucking store brand fucking sauce. Um, everybody's ready to do that. Um, and the same happens with the playoffs. Playoffs come, a team plays a great game, and here we go, February 12th, where are you going to be? Ripping out your fucking Jeremy Shockey and Victor Cruz jerseys, which you haven't had a reason to wear for about little over a decade, despite one playoff appearance. Might actually be more, I have to do my research on that. Who the fuck am I? We have no Super Bowl star name, we as in the Titans. Um... Everybody starts feeling a different way after one game, as they should, because a Super Bowl winner only plays minimum three games, depending on if they're in the wild card round or not. Um, and you learn a lot from a playoff game. We'll talk about the Giants, talk about everybody else. Again, we're going to always talk about your mother. She deserves her recognition, or at least I do, because I make your mother happier, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I guess, now this isn't going to be like a super, super review this is more of a uh, insight kind of thing. I just turned on this damn thing. The Knicks are down 14-3. The game just started. Love to see it. Uh, where we're kind of looking at what we've seen so far. Uh, what we've seen has been six games. Wild card weekend is insane. You got two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. Now, what I've noticed is, uh, before we get into the Seahawks 49ers game, prior to that fumble, Geno Smith was playing the game of his life. Uh, and it, they had the lead at halftime. But now let's look at everything else. Every other game, Chargers, Jaguars, 31-30 uh, Jaguars. Dolphins, Bills, 34-31 Bills. Giants, Vikings, 31-24 Giants. Bengals, Ravens, 24-17 Bengals. Outside of the Monday night game where Tom Brady had the shit kicked out of him on his own field and what may very well be his last game of his career. Last game of his career ever. Last game of his career in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Last game until next year. When he retires and unannounces, unannounces his retirement again and says, fuck it, I'm coming back to football because my wife and kids is a whole different situation. Fuck those kids. I want a championship. That's how you get ahead in life, people. Fuck your kids. Fuck your family. I want the gold. Seven rings isn't enough. I want another 12. 
Anyways, we talk about this for a minute. Five out of six of these games were games. Now, based on what you may or may not have seen, they didn't feel like games. The fuckery began, or should I say the NFL playoffs, Saturday with Seattle and San Francisco. Now, going into this game, nobody gave Seattle a chance. We know how Geno Smith plays when he's under pressure. Geno Smith has revitalized his career to a point where if he had become a free agent, he would be seriously considered by most teams looking for a quarterback. <laughs> the Jets. Um, we, let's just look at this. 25 for 35, 253 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. That's a good game based on anybody. This is against the best defense in the league on the road as a wild card team in the seventh seed that had no business being in this game. Now, if you look at the scoreboard, you will see that they lost by 18. And the reality of it is they fumbled the game, no pun intended. Geno Smith was playing lights out. He was doing what needed to be done. He wasn't committing turnovers. He was accurate with his passes. D.K. Metcalf was getting open. Kenneth Walker III only had 63 yards and a touchdown, but it felt like he was moving down the field like a motherfucker. Okay? And it almost from a stat point sheet, if you look at the San Francisco stat line, they were kind of similar. They were kind of similar. This game at halftime, folks, was 17-16 Seahawks. 49ers jumped early, which we expected. Uh, we had a 13-7 to lead. I'm just looking at this now. Now, I watched the game completely. But I'm just looking at it from a standpoint of the numbers, as somebody continuously texts my phone knowing I'm not texting back. Uh, DK Metcalf caught that 50-yard bomb, 14-13, two field goals. Now, it unraveled late in the third quarter. Late in the third quarter, it was 23-17. to Well, Brock Purdy got in on a touchdown just about midway through the third, 23-17, and shit hit the fan from there. Shit hit the fan. The 49ers took over. There was a fumble that was recovered by Nick Bosa, and that fumble stunted all fucking confidence. All fucking confidence. Absolutely all confidence that the 49ers, excuse me, the Seahawks had in that game was jump. They needed a fucking battery replacement on their vehicle. That was dead. That was it. Uh, Again, again, the next drive, if I'm correct, Geno Smith threw an interception. And it went to dog shit from there. Start of the fourth, Elijah Mitchell got a touchdown, two-point conversion, 31-17. Debo Samuel caught a bomb, 38-17, and a field goal, 41 So at this point, we are touching the first fourth quarter. This was very well a game until the final 15. Now, obviously, there's four quarters in football, so that's what happens. 49ers took over this game. Somehow, some way, the Seattle got a meaningless touchdown to end the game. 41-23, the 49ers win. This was to be expected, folks. What was not to be expected was how good Geno Smith played prior to this. Now, we're going to give, let's not, let's chill on the Seattle slander, okay? If the Geno Smith slander is actually out there, why don't we calm the fuck down? Because most of your team talking this shit, your quarterback, could you imagine if Tom Brady played this game for Seattle? Every other quarterback on the field this past weekend looks like they would get shitted on by San Francisco. Based on how they played, Trevor Lawrence played like dog shit. He turned it around. We'll get to that in a second. This San Francisco team is about as deep as it gets. They have Purdy, who's been 18 for 30, 332, and three touchdowns. 
McCaffrey, 119. Sammy Will matching DK Metcalf, six receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Debo Samuel is big time, man. We all knew this already, but if he's not a top five receiver in the league, you're smoking dick. Um, now, the Brock Purdy situation is going to have to be addressed. If Brock Purdy takes the 49ers to the Super Bowl, win or lose, you have your answer right there. Now, I get it. Any quarterback going into this 49ers team has an automatic advantage because they are given the receivers, they're given the line, they're given the running back, they're given the defense, they're given the pass rush, they're given the coaching. The 49ers, as a general aspect, let's say Brock Purdy didn't exist, let's say all quarterbacks were free agents. If you, unless you had a hometown that you wanted to go to, if all quarterbacks were free agents, I bet you 25 out of 32 of them would would have an idea of San Francisco as a situation because if, if you go in San Francisco and you suck as a quarterback, you don't you shouldn't be in the NFL because again you don't have to play this good. But if you go into San Francisco as a quarterback and you you play garbage with the system they have set in place, you have every possible tool a quarterback could want to succeed. Now, like I was saying before, I get on to the next game. The Brock Purdy situation is a very interesting one. The reason that that is is because he's lighting it up. You have Jimmy G. I don't even know why he's still in the 49ers. Trey Lance was the go-to. Two weeks in, that fuck broke his ankle. Jimmy G came on. Same shit happened to him. Brock Purdy took over, and it's been right now a Cinderella run since he's taken over. They haven't lost a game. They're 6-0, I believe, maybe 7-0, uh, depending on what, what they were prior to this game. And this is a feel-good story. Whether it continues or not, we don't know. But based on what we've seen, we have no reason to believe that San Francisco can't make or win the Super Bowl. Of course, you have the Giants and Eagles fans with their dick-riding fantasies, which we'll get to in a second. 49ers will host the Cowboys. We'll get to that in a minute. Jacksonville and the Chargers, man. This is the fun. Um, this is fun in the sun, baby. Fun in the sun. I have never seen. You could correct me if I'm wrong. I have never seen a quarterback go into a game, throw three interceptions in the first quarter, Five turnovers in the first half, a fourth interception, by the way, and a fumble on the kickoff, and still win the fucking game. It's one thing to come back, and we all understand that, for, for, but for anybody, and I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert making their debuts specifically, for you to throw four interceptions in the first half, be down 27-7 to at halftime, and let's give this credit, the Chargers game... This was mostly defense. Well, excuse me, the scoring was offense, but the offense was obviously capitalized off defense, X, Y, Z. It was 27-zip off of three. Austin Eckler was balling. Austin Eckler. But you know what's crazy? He only had 35 yards. But he had two touchdowns. This game is 27-7. to In came the second half, and nobody knew what the fuck happened to this team. Nobody knew what happened to fucking the Chargers. Marvin Jones got on the board, 27-14. Cameron Dickerson, so it's still a, a, a fair 16-point lead towards the end of the third. Another touchdown. Here we go. It's 10-point lead for uh, Jackson, excuse me, the Chargers. In came the fourth. Another touchdown. All of a sudden, it's 30-28. to As time expires, Jaguars kick a field goal and win the game. If you went to sleep crying at halftime, you woke up fucking celebrating. And uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable for any team to pull something off like that. For Trevor Lawrence to have a four-interception first half, to come back out and throw four touchdowns in the second half, 
to hold the Chargers to just three points for Justin Herbert to not play. Gerald Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne is, is ETN. I'm sorry, is one of those running backs we need to start talking about a little bit more because I think next year he's going to have a huge breakout year. We get it; he's a rookie. X Y Z. He had a good year, um, and I think that this is going to be one of those. Uh, this is going to be one of those guys that really breaks out. Kind of like how you can see like a Maz St. Brown or guys like that. You can see those type of guys uh, having good seasons and they're ready to just explode the, the following season. Uh, no homo. But, yeah, I, I listen, man. I, I don't know what you want me to say. It's terrible. Uh, Brandon Staley, as of this moment, is still employed by the Chargers. I do not think that happens for long. This kills all confidence for the Chargers, literally. I mean, listen, Justin Herbert's not going to die. The team's not going to die. But all for you to for you to blow a twenty a fucking twenty point lead a twenty seven point lead pretty much at half and lose a, a playoff game not a regular season game that's bad enough a playoff game God bless the fucking America and everybody's ancestors because that's that's unbelievable Sunday frame now Sunday frame was like cocaine now we all know how we feel about Mike McDaniel's he makes all of us equally uncomfortable for whatever reason. You can find that. Now, this game, the Bills, the Dolphins are going in with Skylar Thompson, who had just one start in his NFL career against the Jets to end the season, and he looked terrific. If you can't put up a touchdown against the Jets, you are in very deep trouble. And listen, let, let, me, let me say, before I get the Jets' dick wagons, the Jets' defense is top-notch. That's a Super Bowl defense, but my point is, is that you couldn't even look semi-decent against them at all. Uh, I don't really know where to start with this one. I really don't. I guess... Alright. Skylar Thompson held his own. The Bills got out smoking. It was 17 nothing Bills in the second. Uh, the Dolphins went hay- haywire on field goals, 17-9. Jacecki caught a touchdown pass at the end, 17-17. The Bills had a 20-17 to lead at halftime. Who would have thought... They were up 17-0, okay? The Dolphins scored 17 unanswered points, gave up a field goal, and they were down by three. Now, first off, field goals are not. The fact that the Dolphins, with their third-string quarterback in Buffalo, even managed to lose this game by three is a sign. Not a sign that Buffalo's bad. I don't even know what kind of sign it is. You fucking tell me what kind of sign it is. I don't know what kind of sign it is. I don't. Um... That should speak volumes, because this Bills team, Josh Allen was 23 for 39, 352, three touchdowns and two picks. Skylar Thompson, while people give him credit, his stat sheet was fucking horrific. 18 for 45, 220, a touchdown and two picks. Tyreek Hill didn't do much. Stephon Diggs balled 100 plus, and we get all that. Buffalo stays at home, and they will welcome Cincinnati, and I'm just going to say this right now. If Buffalo comes out... Looking like they did against Miami, regardless of what Cincinnati did in the night frame, they will get the shit kicked out of them. Buffalo won the game, but it felt like Miami lost it. There was no reason that this game was won by three points. Buffalo should have won this game 41-7. to fucking seven. Now, you can't sit here and say, oh, the team won the game, well, they should have won this way. If Miami, with their third-string quarterback, is going to look like they did and lose by three against Buffalo... Buffalo will not win another playoff game. And the feel-good story of the Buffalo Bills and everything this season will end very, very, very quickly. Bills win. The Dolphins don't.
Mike McDaniels is going to go home, and whatever he does is going to make us all uncomfortable, and that's that. The second frame, this was this was the breakout game, man. The Giants were at the Vikings. Now, obviously, living in the tri-state, it was big energy, big news. And you know what? As much as people hate it, like, I don't hate the Giants. I support the Giants. I'm a Titans fan by heart, but I support the Giants. I'm not... People are seeing the support, oh, Ben. No, I'm not a Giants fan. If they lose, oh, fuck it, that sucks. But what I'm saying is, the Giants went into this game, and this is one of the things I don't disagree, or I disagree with. When the Giants went into this game, and everybody sat and said, nobody thought we would win, we did it. I don't think there was anybody that said the Giants couldn't win. I This, this to me, them winning the way they did was impressive, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my God, they did the unthinkable. Minnesota's not really that good. I'm sorry. 13-4, and four, my ass. They didn't play bad, but Minnesota has been exposed multiple times this past season. Terrible. They got Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver, at least in the NFL this season. They have Kirk Cousins, who we know how he plays under pressure. Minnesota, as long as Kirk Cousins be there, will be a good team, but they will never be a team that will see success in the playoffs. Doesn't matter who they play. They could play... They could play they could play, they could play, you want to know what they could play? They could play nothing. They could play a bag of chips and still lose. This Giants team is coming out with a fire. It's a fire, it's a passion. The player, Brian DeBall is a player's coach. People want to play for him. Or excuse me, the players want to play for him. They like Brian DeBall. We like Brian DeBall. And if you're not an NFC East fan, some of you are going to get behind this New York Giants story. As you should. As you should. This is a a feel-good story for a team that has been dog shit for the last decade. You have a coach that comes in and everything changes. Everything changes. If you watch this game, it was a shootout back and forth, and I said to my dad watching it, I said, whoever blinks first is going to lose the game, and Minnesota blinks first. I would have to go back and do my research, but I don't know how many punts there were in this game. Let me look at the play-by-play right now. Um, one, two, three, four, five. There were five punts in this game, which don't on paper seem like a lot. It's really not. It's really fucking not. Five punts is not a lot. It's not a lot. Um, listen. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Saquon stepped up to the occasion. Yes, he didn't crack 100 yards. Isaiah Hodgkins, rookie, came out of fucking nowhere. Oh, excuse me, Saquon got two touchdowns, so we're going we're gonna to say he did step up. They had eight receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. The other receivers played a little bit better. Uh, Daniel Jones, he needs to chill with the rushing. He's going to get himself hurt. I know Daniel Jones is smart, and I know he's built strong, but... 17 carries for 78 yards is not necessary for a quarterback... What are you trying to do? Seriously, and again, it worked out for him. But what are you trying to do? Why are you gonna? Why? 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 I don't understand it. You're gonna get yourself to Daniel Jones go down. These Giants are fucked. They are absolutely fucking fucked. Daniel Jones is having a career resurgence. He played 24 for 35, 300 yards and two touchdowns, 78 yards on the ground. That is. This is the biggest, best Giants game all season, and I don't have to sit and watch the other 17 to know. 
I can tell you this is incredible. It's so incredible that the... No, that's not a really inappropriate joke. We're going to stay away from that. It's so incredible that them going into Philadelphia and winning is believable to some. I don't see it happening, but I wouldn't be shocked if it did. Well, I kind of would be shocked because as hot as they are coming off that game, there's no reason for them to win that game. There really isn't. That's it, man. The Giants hung in. No turnovers. And uh, 31-24, they'll hang on to live another day. Uh, Kirk Cousins' fraudulent excuse for playoffs will continue. And the final game on Sunday night was Baltimore-Cincinnati. Now, why Lamar Jackson wasn't at the game um, should speak volumes. You're unquestionable the franchise of this team, whether they have extended your contract or not, which, from what I'm hearing, is unlikely. It's very unlikely going uh Forward. I'm hearing odds about him going elsewhere. We're hearing the same about Rodgers and Brady. But this, this Lamar thing is different because Lamar's in his prime. Lamar's an unbelievable talent, but a lot of people are speaking about him being done with the Ravens. It is not a good look that your team is in a playoff game. You're injured, I get it. It is not a good look that your team is in a playoff game. You are unquestionably the face of this team. There were so many Jackson jerseys out at Cincinnati, and you are at fucking home. Why? Why are you at home? You're not a rookie. You're not a practice squad member. You are the face of this team. I don't care if it's negative 12 degrees. You get your ass to that game, and you're at that damn game. I don't think it was personal. I don't think the Ravens management hates Lamar, but there are so many signs, whether it's his durability or ability to step up in the playoffs. If Lamar Jackson played this game for the Ravens, based on what we saw, there's a good chance they could have won. This game was lost more than it was won. I'm just telling you straight up, it was lost more than it was won. I don't see Lamar on the Ravens next year. Now, the Ravens need to be smart. You can either keep him, because you have to realize Lamar is a generational talent. Whether he's not viewed as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or those type of guys, he's, he may never will be. But because he's viewed in that standpoint as a generational talent, his ability to run his athleticism, Lamar Jackson does not come across very often. He does not. Guys like that with generational talent don't. He's young. He's in his prime. If the Ravens are smart, they will make some phone calls. Now, that doesn't mean they have to give him away, but I don't think it hurts. I don't think it hurts anybody if the Ravens come out and they just say, hey, you want to give us some draft picks? We'll give you this now. Granted, it's going to be a boatload of draft picks. There are plenty of teams out there. I think that this offseason for for some top-tier quarterbacks is going to be interesting. What's the deal with Lamar? Is Brady done for real, or is he going to say he's done and then come back? Rodgers is probably leaving. Derek Carr's gone, you know. So we're going to have some shifts here, and then, of course, you have the influx of the new quarterbacks coming in through the draft. So there's going to be a lot of quarterback shifting. Uh, San Francisco has to answer, what are we doing here? Jimmy G is not what we want. We want Trey Lance, but we're seeing Brock Purdy emerge as this. If 49ers win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, and he that, that there's no question about it. Trey Lance is, is either gone or he's going to have to accept the bench. That's it. That's it. Jordan Love accepted the bench when Rodgers is gone. Now when Rodgers leaves, Jordan Love's going to get the tie. So it's it's all these quarterback things that are going to switch, and I think Lamar Jackson's going to be a heavy part in that. Um, and that's that's my thing. Now, going into this game, the, the Bengals should have smoked um, – Baltimore. They didn't. Tyron Huntley didn't play terrible. He made the worst decision 
Whoever called the play, whether it was Tyron Huntley, the worst decision in his career came at the end of the game. Um, you know, it's just, it's, wow. Wow. Um, listen, Dobbins did okay. If I'm just going to say this straight out right, right now. If it is second and goal, and you are at, um, let's say, I'm going to use this napkins, and I'm going to blow my nose, and I don't really give a shit if anybody cares about it, because um, I'm, I'm nearing the end of this podcast. It's 20 minutes too long. Um, I can't find napkins. Now I can. Um, and yeah, one second. Maybe. And as I begin to wrap up this magnificentness of me, Joe Burrow looked great. Joe Mixon didn't do shit. Jamar Chase looked solid. It's second and goal. Listen, da- God damn it! It's second and goal, okay? It's second and goal, from what I'm told. And you jump. Oh, first off, you have another two chances, or at least one, to run it up the gut, whether it's with Huntley or Dobbins. I know Dobbins only had 62 yards, but he has some dog in him. He's a better running back than people give him credit for. You have run it up the gut. Do not pull a Russell Wilson. Okay, so the Russell Wilson was pulled, ladies and gentlemen. It was pulled. Um, run it up the gut. But no, he jumps over, reaches his arm out, it gets swatted, and Sam Hubbard, big boy, takes it 98 yards for a fumble return, gives the Bengals a 24-17 lead, and they lose the game because of it. Or excuse me, the Bengals win, and they lose because of that. Now, if you get in, it's a touchdown, you have the lead, and that changes the whole aspect of the game. But this is what we talk about with rookie mistakes. This is a rookie mistake, and it cost the Ravens their season. Do I think that the Ravens would have won the game if they got the touchdown? No. I think Joe Burrow's more experienced. I think the Bengals would have found a way to win that game, whether it was responding with a touchdown, a field goal in overtime. You know, Tyron Huntley, I don't think he's a terrible backup quarterback. I think he's a solid backup. Whether it was Lamar or not, I think this game would have had huge, huge difference if Lamar played. I think there'd be more scrutiny. Could you imagine if Lamar Jackson committed that play that Tyron Huntley, Huntley did? He would get crucified. And the Ravens would Listen, if fans are butts, the Bengals win, they go to Buffalo. That's a game that should have been played. Obviously, God bless DeMar Hamlin for recovering. That game was changed. Um, and then we get to the final game of the week, uh, the game that everybody wanted to see, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, the master of the playoffs versus Dallas, who has a history of choking in the playoffs. There was no choking. This game on paper should have went this way, and it did. Dak Prescott had the game of his life, 25-33, and four touchdowns. Pollard, who's a better running back than Zeke, by the way, just want to put that out there. Dalton Schultz, who's been great. The Cowboys came out, and they kicked the shit out of Tampa Bay. And they played better than we thought. Oh, excuse me, from what I'm told, Dak Prescott had five TDs, ran in for one. 31-14, to Dallas beats Tampa Bay. It was 18 nothing at halftime. They blanked him for 24. Julio got a touchdown. Been nice to see him get a fucking touchdown. They tried a two-point conversion, which in all honesty, the game was pretty much... I wouldn't say it was out of reach because we're talking about Tom Brady. I don't feel like any game against Tom Brady is even out of reach. 31-6 to to start the fourth, and, and that was it. The Cowboys dominated. They changed and rewrote their script. They will go to take on the 49ers, and the NFC East is going to be rocking, folks. The NFC East is rocking right now with what we will or won't think is going to happen. 
Um, and it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be a very energetic weekend. The Giants and Eagles in Philly for the divisional round. Philly's going to be rocking. There's so much going into the game. Fans are insane. The Cowboys, can they continue this run? Can they beat, upset the 49ers, who everyone loves to watch? Buffalo and Cincinnati, like this is a game we wanted a while ago, and now we're getting it. And then there's Kansas City and Jacksonville, where nobody really has any faith in Jacksonville and thinks Patrick Mahomes is going to kick the shit out of him, which is probably going to happen. But other than that, that's all, folks. And this is 27 minutes too long, but you listen to all of it. God bless you.